If you watched television this past week, uh, you've witnessed some things that have made our hearts heavy and tears of heat have flown down our cheeks as we watched uh, people destroy other people, as we've watched America that's being divided this morning. And, and I was thinking about how, what the Bible has to say about a nation that forgets God, that no longer allows the privilege of enjoying the presence of God everywhere we go. And I was thinking about uh, what was going on and the devastation. And then the Bible says, a house that's divided cannot stand. And all through today, I, it doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Republican, we see a house is divided this morning, and it happens in the leadership of America, which really disturbs me. And may we take boldly take a stand this morning, as bad as politics may be. Politics is never welcomed in the house of God. In my life, politics stinks. And so that says enough, doesn't it? And so I, and I was thinking about uh, the route that, uh, that America is traveling today. And, and I'm sure every individual in this building has probably at one time or another flown uh, commercial airlines somewhere sometime in your life. And you know what happens when an airplane touches down a landing and that multi-ton engine and the aircraft sets down with two to three, maybe close to 400 people. It's coming with such a speed. And being a pilot, there's a speed that you maintain. And as long as you don't drop below the blue line, you have the speed in case something happens in front of you and you can't set that plane down. You still have the power, the speed to push forward the controls of your engine and you can make a go around. Once that speed drops below the red line, you're committed. No matter what's on the runway, no matter if there's another plane in sight, no matter what happens, when you drop that speed below red line, you're going to land. There's no question about it. And I was thinking about how the airline sets down, and those, we hear the squeaking of those wheels, and it's still traveling at a fast rate of speed with, with hundreds of lives on it. And the only way that that airplane can stop in an incredible time is to reverse the thrust of the engines. And at the thrust of the engines, it's because you have your seatbelt fastened that keeps you in the seat where you belong the seat where you've paid for, the number that you've been issued at the ticket counter. You're safe there because the ability that the plane has to shut its speed off so that it can taxi to the next exit and take you safely to the unloading area. And I was thinking about America today. As America, I believe, is making its last final landing. The Bible says when we see these things come to pass, we see immorality as it's taking its toll in America today. We see that, that no longer does man want to stand and put his heart, hand over his heart and say, pledge allegiance in honor of those that have shed their blood and fought for the liberty and the enjoyment we have in this great nation called America. We watch today, and there's no respect for those in authority this morning. And all these things that Bible even talks about that would be the signs of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And I think about the speed that we're traveling today. Life comes and goes. It's like a vapor. It, it appears for a season, and then it vanishes. And I begin to ask myself this question. If America is like an airliner and it's coming in for its final landing and things are bringing, coming to a fast close, what would be the thrust that would cause America to be able to stop on the runway they're setting on and make an about-face? And I thought the words of Jesus before, after he had been crucified, spending 40 days proving that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God, nail prints to prove that he was the one that nailed, was nailed to the tree, where the crown of thorns had pierced his brow and his side had been thrust with a sword. And I began to think about the the words of Jesus in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me in both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. And then this thought gripped my heart. The only thing that God has to work with today before the coming of the Lord is the church. He recognizes you and I is the bride of Christ. The bride, Jesus Christ, is coming. The Bible says in the troubling hours, in the signs that we're seeing happen, and he said when you see these things come to pass, those that are in tune with Jesus, those that are the righteousness of God, that has simply made Jesus the Lord of their life, they will know that the signs that we're seeing point to one thing. His appearing is very close. And he says when these things come to pass, Lift up your eyes and look, because the King of kings and the Lord of lords is coming. He's coming with the clouds of with great glory, and he's coming for a church without spot or blemish. Can I just say this about you this morning? Never could a pastor ever say thank you enough for the unity that's in the body of Christ. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's unity. People that have never graced this place before walk in, and they say, you know, when we walked in, there was just a different spirit in this place. I feel like family. And I, under my breath, I'm saying, thank you, Jesus is working. And we are all family. And when one has a need, I see the body of Christ as they rush to that, that need, and they say, what can we do? This is what, is what makes us family. We care for one another. We bear one another's burdens. When we have a need, we know who to call. We know how to activate the prayer chain and how things happen. And when somebody's in a dire strait financially, we know how to hug those people and pray for them and help them through the journey of life. And it's, you know how to encourage, you know how to bless, and you know how to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. So in the journey of life this morning, there are trials and tests, and there are things that we deal with that, wish, that we wish that we didn't have. But we, again, we come to God's Word, and the Word is a book of instructions that tells us how to make it through storms, the storms of life. It tells us how to endure. Our lesson this morning was on tribulations and trials. And would you believe that, that as I looked at the Scripture this morning, I could almost have just taken what Jared said and just brought it to the pulpit and played it back to you. It was so phenomenal as it lines up with the message this morning. So as we turn to Romans chapter 5, I want to share with you just a few verses. I'm dressed in a suit today. I have a tie around my neck. Ties are the devil. But at 2 o'clock, we have a wedding. Right where you're sitting, there will be people that will be joining us for the wedding. 
And then following that, I've got my Levi's hung in the closet with a T-shirt on, and I'm getting on that church van, and I'm going to sit back and watch if somebody else takes us to Dallas. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome, and nobody knows who the preacher is. That's good. That's good. Look at the verse this morning that I want to share with you. Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to stop right there. Having been justified by faith, the only way that we can be justified by faith is to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. The moment you got saved, you got saved by saying, Jesus, forgive me my sins. You prayed exactly what Romans 10, 9 says, that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you'll believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. You're saved this morning if you prayed that prayer and it came from your heart. You're the righteousness of God. I want you to say this with me. I encourage at least one or two. I'm the righteousness of God. That sounds pretty good. Did everybody say that? If you didn't, I want you to know before you leave here, you can say it. In fact, if you're here this morning and you've never prayed the sinner's prayer, it is so simple. And it's so important that you do it because I want you, everyone in this building to be the righteousness of God. You're part of the body of Christ, and Jesus died on the cross just for you. And we're going to re reveal that as we look at the Scripture one more time. Therefore, having being justified by faith, we have peace through, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad this morning that we have peace? Yes. What kind of peace do you have today? Are the troubles of life challenging you this morning? Is your finances on the rocks and you don't know which way to turn? Is, do you have health issues and you need a miracle from the Lord? We have a miracle sitting right in front of me just about 10 pews back. Frank went through a, a, a series of tests, and I stood with Linda as he faced the doctors in OU just a few weeks ago, and I heard the doctors tell Frank and Linda, we've done all we know to do. They didn't give up. They knew Jesus had the answer. There was another physician. They didn't shut down just because they heard one doctor said, I've done all I can do. And this week, they plugged into another physician, and with four or five stents, how many? Just hold your finger up. Five stents, the blood circulation is going through that leg this morning like it's supposed to. Put your hands together. That's a miracle from the Lord. And can I say this? We're all human. There's times when we have pity parties. I didn't hear Frank and Linda having a pity party. They just accepted what that doctor said, and they didn't give up. They came home, and there was another place to try. And they traveled all the way to another state to meet a doctor who, who finally brought the victory. Listen to me. We have a great physician this morning. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's touched by the way you feel this morning. And no matter what you're carrying in your attache case or your heart today, he knows exactly how you're feeling. He knows what troubles your spirit. He knows that the enemy has come to steal kill and destroy and the first thing he will go for is your joy right. why would he not want you to be a happy camper because in nehemiah the book of nehemiah in old testament uh, writing nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says the joy of the lord is your strength how about this proverbs says that a, a laughter or a merry heart does good like a medicine and if you're not a laughing person i want to encourage you to do so it might keep you out of the doctor's office and those, those trips aren't very cheap anymore. 
Listen, there's a great advantage in following God's word. David said, it's a lamp unto my feet, it's a light to my pathway. I have to read verse 1 again. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, rejoicing in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Anybody ever said, thank goodness I got a lot of troubles today? I'm not there yet. I'm sorry. I'm not there yet. You ever walked out in the morning and you were already late to get to work and you looked and you had a flat tire? I never said, thank you, Jesus, for a flat tire. Have you ever been low on gasoline and, and you knew you were just within a mile or two of the filling station and it coughed and sputtered and you have to pull over on the right of way knowing you didn't make it? I never rejoiced about things like that. Look at what the Bible says. And not only that, but also we also glory in tribulations. Listen, the Bible says the trial of our faith produces patience. Patience. Let's read it. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. What is perseverance? What is that? I can't even say it, much less tell you what it is. Perseverance is just digging in, just setting your heel in the ground, just saying, I'm not going to be moved by this trial. I'm not going to be moved by this test. I'm not even going to be moved by what I heard somebody say about me. I'm not going to be moved because people haven't accepted me or my leadership or my family's going through the trial of their faith, and I'd just like to wring some people's neck. But I'm going to dig my heels in because I know this one thing. That tribulation produces perseverance. Have you ever wanted to run for your life? More than once, I've wanted to run for my life. But look what the Scripture says. Not only, not, and not only that, and not only that, God always has more to come. And when you're facing the trial of, of your faith, you need to know this, that these words are in there just for you. And not only is this bugging me, not only is this burning my spirit, but let me tell you, there's an answer for it. Not only that, but also we glory in tribulations. How many have ever said thank you in the midst of adversity? In spite of it, I'm going to keep praising the Lord. We had a gentleman that used to grace this place every year. He knew some of the older people that had gone to church here. He was reti- retired. He was from Kansas City. But he, kept, he heard me. The first time he came, he stayed in the motel, and I'd pick him up about 1130, and we'd go for lunch, and I'd draw wisdom from a gentleman that was up in his 80 years of age. I was still just a young kid of about 38, and I, and I had this habit of saying, well, praise God anyhow. You wouldn't, you, wouldn't rem- you wouldn't believe this, but he rebuked me for that. He said, son, you should never say praise the Lord anyhow. And inside I thought, thank goodness he'll be gone here in a few days. And then he began to explain to me. He said, you know, it's praise God, not anyhow. You need to learn to praise God is one of the most important things you can say from your lips. But that word anyhow, you can, you can leave that alone because that doesn't bring glory to the kingdom. And you need to learn just to say praise God or thank you, Jesus. And no matter what you're facing because it will produce patience and it will give you strength. Just dig in and keep, stay your ground because you know you're standing on holy ground. Verse 4, perseverance, character, and character through character and hope. 
And verse 5, and now does, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Verse 6, and when we were still without strength. Anybody here this morning didn't eat your Cheerios and you're hearing annoying sound here saying, we have a spirit that does the same thing. And when we don't feed our spirit on the word of God, there's a gnawing that goes on in our spirit. My telephone even tells me, you need to get in the word and eat some spiritual food today. And you know, every time I look at that, I say, you're exactly right. And I, be, I, I think, man, I could spend more time than what I'm spending. I need to spend extra time in what I'm doing because the word of God never returns void. Verse 6, I want you to get a picture of this. It says, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's where you and I move into the picture. We're the righteousness of God through faith this morning. And that was made possible because Jesus died for us when we were unrighteous. And you know what? We, it's not by works lest any man should boast. The righteousness of God qualified us to be righteous the day we prayed and asked the Lord to forgive us of our sins. And so I watch a lot of Christians just work so hard all their life trying to be righteous. Listen to me. I need to, know, I need to tell you, you were righteous the day you became born again. And it's not by works lest any man should boast, but it's by just faith and believing. I'm a Christian today because Jesus died on the cross when I was without strength, when I was a sinner on the wrong road going to the wrong place. Jesus died on the cross even in my ungodly estate. What would promote anybody to do that? Let's finish through verse 8 in our reading today, and then I have a few thoughts I want to leave with you. For scarcely, verse 7 for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet what? Who? Sinners. While we were yet sinners. I'm going to talk to you for just a few moments about how we maintain our walk with the Lord in victory. Spiritual victory this morning is no matter what you're going through today, and we're all going through stuff. Spiritual victory today is just simply standing your ground on what God's Word has to say instead of allowing the fast current of your problems to sweep you downstream. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He knows every one of our weaknesses today. And the Bible says even when we were without strength, God looked down upon us and he smiled and he gave his son Jesus so that we could have the supernatural strength flowing through our lives. But spiritual victory, Jesus obtained that for us and then he gave it to us as a gift the day that we accepted him and we became born again. I don't know whether it's easy for you to accept a gift or, or whether, it, I, I just don't know where you stand. I don't know where some of you stand, but there's just some of us that it's just hard for us to receive a gift. Well, and you know, I can always justify what I do by the word. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Yeah, yeah. However, part of God's plan is this. The first thing we had to do to receive our 
Righteousness is to accept the gift that could not be bought and paid for by anything but the blood of Jesus. And the day he paid for our righteousness and we accepted him as our personal Savior, that we received that gift that he had paid for on the cross. It's a gift. You didn't work to get it. You just accepted it. Yes, I believe he, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Yes, I believe he, he went through a horrible day. Yes, I believe that they carried him to a bar, borrowed tomb. Yes, I believe in three days he arose from the dead. Yes, I believe in 40 days the clouds opened and he ascended into heaven where he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Yes, I believe all of that. But all of that came as a gift. And we're all blessed and highly favored because of the gift. Amen. The Bible says, he that comes to me, I, I will in no wise cast out. So the gift is universal. God has no grandchildren. We're just all these kids. How's that? Little Owen's come to our house. I tell you, I I want him to get acquainted with my voice. I want him to hear all of the sweet things that I can say. And while Sherry's looking on, (laughs) I'm not telling you what she's saying. I hope she's not saying this, but she's saying, Owen, if Papa lives long enough, you'll hear him say some things. Sometimes it's not as sweet as he's saying to you today. (laughs) Listen, listen. Jesus saw the most ungodly part of us when he died on the cross. And he gave that gift freely. And the invitation is, is for everyone. Whosoever will may come and drink of the waters of life freely. But listen, during the walk with God, there is, are many trials. There's many testing. Our job in spiritual warfare is to maintain victory in our life that Jesus obtained when he died on the cross. And our, the victory comes in knowing that our faith is one that, and one that never fails. I may be going through a trial this morning, but I've got the faith to believe that Romans 8, 28 is my, in my medicine cabinet this morning, and I'm going to take a, a spiritual pill called the gospel this morning, and I'm going to take it from Romans 8, 28, and it says, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love God. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I tell him every day, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. I don't have to wait till I get on my knees. I can, I can say that coming and going in the hospital. I can say it no matter where I'm going. And I love to bow my head and say grace over the food that's set before me because, you know, he's given me an extended time. How many knows this morning that the Bible talks about three score and ten years? There's a few of us that do. There's a few of us that know we're on borrowed time, don't we, Jerry? Yes, we do. So we're grateful this morning. We're grateful we're still breathing. We're grateful we can still look at you and say good things about you this morning. Most of all, we are thankful that if this is the last breath that we breathe, we're heaven bound. We're heaven bound. I'm telling you, I I, I want to bring one more thought to you today, and that's about the country we live in. Jesus has, has... bled and died on the cross so that he could have a family and we're his church family we're all family we're followers of the lord jesus christ and god wants you to know today that he loves you unconditionally and he's brought us into this family for one purpose and and that is this he said take up if anybody come after me let him take up his cross and follow me and god wants you to know that he has prepared for you a greater place called heaven until we get there there's going to be many trials there's going to be many tests but i want to say this you're the thing that god has to show the world that it's awesome to follow jesus your reflection is telling the world you need to be a follower of jesus
And the world is watching how you respond to trials and tests. The world is responding to whether you keep the faith or whether you don't. The world is responding when calamity knocks at their door, they're not ashamed to call you. Margie's like my own kids. She's sitting in this congregation this morning. I love that family like my own. And she called one day, and she was in hysterics, and I knew by the tone of her voice that something sad was wrong. She said, Pastor, you've got to pray. There's a fire headed toward our home. There's no way it's going to miss our house. Would you pray? I said, uh, exactly. And, you know, I, then I shifted gears. And I began to pray with a prayer that my mind can't mess up. And, you know, in, in the walk with God, we all are curious about how things are going. And you know what? It doesn't bother the Lord one, one iota if you want to keep your eyes open when you pray. You know, we hear this quite often at church. Bow your head and close your eyes. Well, what for? I know that's a reverent thing, but it doesn't make you a Christian. Whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, if somebody says, bow your head and close your eyes, we're not going to take a knee and, and, and get on our knees and not do anything, are we? No, we're going to follow the directions. There may be a reason why the, the pastor or the minister wants us to do that. But curiosity was working on me that day. I was praying. I was praying in the Spirit which is a privilege, another gift that came, comes to every believer that wants it. And, uh, and I began to pray in the Spirit, and, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to drive up to where uh, that house is located, been there many times, and I'm just going to watch this and, and see if there's anything I can do. And when I drove up to the house, the fire was, was raging. I mean, it was coming like a whirlwind, and it was coming directly for that house. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Randy was there uh, dipping water with a bucket and throwing it on a barn that had caught fire, and he was very successful in putting out the fire. But out of nowhere, this dozer comes in. That dozer blade hat on that cat was the biggest dozer I'd ever, that was the biggest blade I'd ever seen. He whizzed through the, through the gate of that corral out in the pasture he went, and we never seen him again. Long story short, the fire got so close and then it went around. And when it went around, the house stood. What do you think, what do you think came in the country preacher's heart when I seen that house was saved? You did it again, Lord. You'll do it again. You did it again. The tracks were looked. To where that cat could have been unloaded, where the truck could have parked and unloaded it, and nowhere was there tracks where a dozer had been unloaded in that vicinity. I'm telling you, I, I still believe in miracles. And God can come out of nowhere and meet you somewhere and meet your needs. Right. And God wants to meet your needs because he has already labeled you as more than a conqueror. God doesn't like to see his kids pushed down. He doesn't like to see his kids destroyed. He doesn't like his kids having to sit in the back seat of the bus. He wants you to know you're more than a conqueror, but how we handle these situations takes some help. All of us need help. Amen. And you know what? The Bible says this, bear one of those burdens that you can fulfill the law of Christ. And every time the phone rings and there's somebody in need, you know, it's a joy to say, let me join with you in prayer. And let's just believe that the Lord's going to work this out because the Bible says he, 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 he is so good at working out problems that we have. He just wants to be included. We maintain our victory because over 2,000 years ago, Jesus obtained victory so that you would have victory that you would need in this life. You see, today, 
Healing has been made available. Blessings, victory has been made available. Deliverance has been made available through the atoning blood of Jesus. Fighting the good fight of faith takes a lot of strength. But I can tell you something. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you. It's made perfect in your weakest hour. We're going to close the service in just a moment with a prayer. And we're going to pray a prayer this morning for the leadership of America. As I was refer reflecting upon how a, an airliner lands with tons and tons of load, not only people but freight and the weight of that aircraft and about how the thrust enables that plane to sit down on a short field and stop just before it runs out of space. God has the power working through people to change the atmosphere of our country this morning. Right. You remember a gentleman by the name of Daniel that was thrown into the lion's den and spent a night, not at the Holiday Inn, but in the lion's den? Yeah. You, you know, lions get hungry just like you and I, only they, lions eat bigger bites of stuff than you and I. Yep. But Daniel made that night resting in the presence of God because Jesus had beat him to the lion's den the mouths of the lions weren't capable of eating Daniel. And the next morning, Daniel was living proof that there was a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who was still on the throne. You remember a, a gentleman in the, in the Old Testament by the name of Jonah? Jonah was a follower of Jesus, but Jonah got so bullheaded, so stubborn, that he got on a ship and God says, you know, Jonah thinks he's going to take a cruise whether it's a Hawaiian cruise, or I don't know where it was going, where it was headed, but I know one thing, God knew what cruise line Jonah was on. And he just let that, that cruise line get out in, in bad weather until it looked like that ship was going to no longer return to Honolulu. And Jonah, realizing that his fate was already written on the wall, he goes to the captain of the ship, and, and he tells the captain of the cruise liner, he said, look, I'm the problem. Toss me overboard. Have you ever been in a condition in your life that you felt like you were the critter? Possibly if you'd be tossed overboard, things would be better for everybody else. They tossed Jonah overboard. But in God's great providence, he had a big fish. Big enough with a, of a throat that he could swallow Jonah. I don't know what size he was. He probably ate good. He probably felt good. That is, until he got seasick. And everybody else was getting sick, and they threw him overboard. He spent nights in that belly of that big fish. And then he, one day, the fish got as sick as the people on the cruise line, and he got close enough to shore that he could vomit Jonah out of his mouth. That was God's provision. And God makes provision for everybody every step of the way. When David faced Goliath, Goliath looks at him, he's, and he looks at just a kid, and, and, and he says, am I a dog that you should come against me? And David says, you can call me a dog all you want to, but he said, doggone it, watch this. <laughs> Wham, bang, and the, the giant hit the ground. And I can hear him say, doggone, what did he call me? <laughs> In God's great providence, yes. he can take care of every situation we may have. Right. And all of these are recorded just for people like you and me. 
And he died on the cross just for people like you and me. And he wants you to know no matter what the trial of your faith may be today, he wants to help you with it. He wants to carry the load for you. He wants you to know that you can cast every care you have on him because he cares for you. And in going through the fighting the good fight of faith, you know, the enemy's going to do everything that he can to sidetrack you. He sidetracked Adam and Eve in the garden. Satan says, Lord, God just trying to cheat you. Did he say if you eat that forbidden tree that you'd die? You're not going to die. He said, the day that you eat of that tree, you're going to be like God. You know what? Adam and Eve were already like God. He created them in his own image. The enemy will always try to talk you into being something or having something that is already yours. He's a liar. He's a liar. You need to realize today God has fully equipped you to win and not lose. He has equipped you to be a somebody and going somewhere, and he has equipped you so that you can take others with you today. And I, I close this morning by saying this. We're coming in on a final landing. In the days ahead, we're going to talk, be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to rise up with wings as eagles. We're going to be talking about the employment of the power of the Holy Spirit that causes us to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. Listen to me. You're just looking at a piece of clay today. I'm a clay vessel. But you know what? Jesus didn't die on the cross for clay vessels. He died on the cross to transform what's in that clay vessel called your spirit. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And here's what he wants to do. He wants to quicken your mortal body today with these thoughts. You are a somebody. I've got a life prepared for you. I've made every provision you're going to need to make it safely through the journey. And he said, if you'll follow me, I'll, show, I'll make you not only fishers of men, but I'll show you the good and perfect way. And if you'll walk with me, you'll find rest for your soul, and you'll find peace that transcends all your understanding. No matter what the trial or your faith may be, God wants you to know that you can be encouraged today and knowing when he's for you, who can be against you. He even gives these uh, uh, signboards along the journey of life, along the highway of holiness. When I'm for you, I'll make your enemies to be at peace with you. And so God wants to change your season this morning. If you're in a season of discouragement, he wants to encourage you. If you're in a season of despair, he wants you to realize there's a hope beyond the veil of tears. If you're going through a spiritual warfare this morning, and maybe you're fighting something that nobody else knows about, God wants you to know that he's equipped you to be more than a conqueror, not just to barely win. He wants you to be more than a conqueror. The Bible says in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That was me. In due time. In due time, God wants to meet you at your place where you live today spiritually, and he wants to help you. As we stand this morning, <clears throat> there's a heavy part in my heart today for America. There's a heavy heart in part of my heart today that's heavy for people that are supposed to be representing that have been sent to Washington D.C. to re represent people there's times I don't, I don't mind telling you there's times when I lose I lose total faith in people that are put in places of responsibility like our government I'm just as human as you are but I've never been one that just wanted to talk about people's problems if there's a problem let's talk about the solution 
I'm in the solution business today. And I want to stay there because the Bible has already told us many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of the wall. And the Lord has a solution for America today. And it's recorded in the pages of the Old Testament. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, then will I forgive their sins, and then I will heal their land. Listen to me. There's still hope for America today. There's still hope for the world in which we live. There's still hope for your life, for your family this morning. Be encouraged today. God is for you, and he's already working it out for your good, but you've got to receive the gift that he's already paid for, the gift of eternal life, the gift of knowing all the promises in him that he's offered are just ours by saying yes and amen. You don't have to sweat for your victory. He sweat as drops of blood dropped to the earth as he hung on the tree so that you and I could go free. Listen, it's a decision this morning. Do you need help? It's, it's your decision this morning. Do you need encouragement? Or do you need help this morning? You're still traveling the pathway of sin and you've never accepted the gift of God that will carry you through this life and into a place of eternal rest called heaven. No matter what your situation may be, God has the answer. He said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's pray. I want you to pray in your own way. I don't want you following my prayer, but I want you to know you can pray aloud at this church if you want to, or you can pray in silence if you want to. But we're going to pray this morning. Let's join our hearts together and pray. Father, we pray for America this morning. We pray, Lord, today, today that the, the cords of distraction, the cords of dissension, the cords of hate would be broken this morning. Lord, today, there's a divided spirit in Washington, D.C. that needs to be dissolved through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, today, nothing shall be impossible for you. I pray, for Lord, for angels of protection around the leadership of our, our president, our vice president, and those that are in authority today. Lord, we release angels of protection around their lives, around their families. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, may the unity that only flows from heaven, Lord, put things back together again. Lord, it's not about Humpty Dumpty that's set upon a wall. It's about a nation that's forgotten God. But there's a church that lives in triumph and in victory that's been blood-bought and blood-washed today. And we are humbling ourselves before the throne of grace this morning as we lift our, our nation to the throne of God. Lord, I pray today, I pray, Lord, that we can walk by faith and not by sight, Lord. I pray, Lord, don't let America go to hell in a handbasket. Lord, America has pledged more money and given more money into the mission fields around this world than any other nation. Lord, today, today, Lord, we're asking and we're believing as we ask, Lord, to bring America back to the knees again. Bring us back to the altar of prayer again, Lord. Bring our homes back to the altar of prayer today. Let our marriages be healed today with an altar of prayer. Lord, let our relationship with one another be healed today. 
Lord, if there's anything in our heart today that would keep us or bring displeasing thoughts to you concerning the way that we're living, would you quicken our heart this morning and show us and reveal to us, Lord, Lord, even airplanes get off, 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 off their course today, but there's the ability to bring things back on course, Lord, so that we can reach our destination very safely. And the same goes with our spirit this morning. Lord, let us be on course today. Lord, let us travel the highway of holiness. Lord, let us be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Lord, let us take what you've left with us this morning and deposit it in our spirit today that we can make a difference everywhere we go. That we can let the name of Jesus be a part of our vocabulary. That we can have a voice of praise and honor today that flows from our vocabulary. Lord, a good word, a word of encouragement, Lord, a word of kindness, a word, Lord, that will cause a person to make an about face as we reflect upon the goodness of God. Thank you for America today. I wouldn't trade living in America for any other place in the world other than I, when I'm, you're through with me, I want to make heaven my eternal home. Lord, today, I thank you for our church family. I thank you for the unity, Lord, that you bring us. Lord, I believe there's enough people that's standing, Lord, in prayer this morning for America to change the course of America because your word says, where any two shall I pray and believe as touching anything, it shall be done. Lord, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000. Lord, I rejoice because the enemy has to pack up his duds and get up out of our way because the army of God is here to make a difference. Thank you for your goodness and mercy, the promises in you that are yes and amen. We give all the praise to you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen.